Good evening, and this is Caleb Arn with the Walk with God podcast and YouTube channel. Thanks once again for joining me tonight. Tonight we're going to be studying from Psalm 81 that uh, is a rejoicing and singing, a loud song unto the Lord, psalm of praise. We're going to be reading from Joshua and how the Lord delivers Jericho into their hands. We're going to be reading from Proverbs and starting chapter 13 tonight, and we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 15 where we read about the prodigal son, which is an amazing testimony and an amazing uh, declaration of God's love to humanity and his relationship that he wants to have with humankind. Now, before we get started, let's go ahead and open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, on this Easter Sunday, we want to thank you for sending your son to make a way for us to have a a life-giving relationship with you, to, Lord, for taking all of our sins upon your shoulders, upon your righteousness on the cross, and imputing your righteousness unto us. God, thank you for making a way of salvation that we could never make our own. God, please help us to trust in you for our salvation, for our Savior. Lord, I I pray that you would use all of these churches, all of these pastors, all of these preachers, and podcasters and people that are spreading your gospel and your word, please use them this Sunday. Please use them this week to spread your gospel to and put a desire and a call, a draw, a need, a yearning in the hearts of all of the world, especially all of America, Lord, that they would want to hear from you, that they would want to have that fulfillment of a relationship with you, God, that only you can meet in their heart and in their needs. Lord, help as many as possible to be saved. I pray for the entire world, yes, every single soul to be saved, Lord, and to be drawn to you. Let your holy will be done, Lord, and I pray send laborers into your harvest. I know it's white to harvest, just as you declared uh, almost 2,000 years ago. Lord, help us to spread your gospel. Help us, Lord, to take your message and your meaning from your word today and to grow with it and to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. And Lord, please do heal our land from this coronavirus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, Psalm 81 today. Psalm 81. Sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Take a psalm and bring hither the timbrel and the pleasant harp with the psaltery. Blow up the trumpet in the new moon in the time appointed on our solemn feast day. For this was a statute for Israel and a law of the God of Jacob. This he ordained in Joseph for a testimony when he went out through the land of Egypt. When I heard a language that I understood not, I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands were delivered from the pots. Thou callest in trouble, and I delivered thee. I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. I proved thee at the waters of Meribah. Selah. Hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee. O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me, there shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies, and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of wheat, and with honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. 
This is God declaring uh, through the psalmist that they should sing aloud, make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob, uh, and uh, take a psalm, so take a song and a written poem, take uh, the timbrel, the pleasant harp, blow the trumpet, use the instruments that you have to worship the Lord and worship him in his new moons, in his statutes, in the day of sacrifices, in the ways that the Lord has declared unto the people to worship him. And also that the Lord brought them out of Egypt. He answered their call. He answered their prayer for deliverance by delivering them from the hand of the Egyptians, from the hand of all of their enemies as they traveled through the wilderness. But also that if they would have hearkened unto me, and if they wilt hearken unto me, there shall no strange God be in thee. If they uh, would listen to God, they would not be drawn away by their own lust. They would not be drawn away by these idols because they would recognize them truly as they are just false metal lumps of clay or metal or dust or wood that can't do anything. But they really would worship the true living God of Israel. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. I'm the one who saved you, God is declaring unto them through this psalmist. But my people would not hearken to my voice. And he recounts sadly how he gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. And we should learn that we cannot walk in our own counsel. We cannot trust our own heart. Jeremiah uh, 17, 9 says that the heart of man is deceitful, uh, wickedly deceitful, and who can know it? And so we have to understand that God's word has to be our guide in our life. It's the only sure and true guide. And he should have fed them if they would hearken unto him with the finest of wheat and with honey out of the rock. God would produce out of things that they could never produce. God would provide out of ways that they could never provide for themselves when they seek after their own counsels. And we should know that if we follow after the Lord, He will provide for us in ways we never could imagine. Now, let's turn to Joshua 5. We're going to read from Joshua 5 through seven fifteen tonight. And it came to pass, when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel, until we were passed over, that their heart melted, neither was their spirit in them any more, because of the children of Israel. At that time the Lord said unto Joshua, Make thee sharp knives, and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives, and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. For the children of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness, till all the people that were men of war, which came out of Egypt, were consumed, because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord, unto whom the Lord sware that he would not show them the land, which the Lord sware unto their fathers that he would give us, a land that floweth with milk and honey. 
and their children whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised, because they had not circumcised them by the way. And it came to pass, when they had done circumcising all the people, that they abode in their places in the camp, till they were whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal until this day. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal, and kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. And it came to pass, when Joshua was, was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes, and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him, with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him, and said unto him, Art thou for us, or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth, and did worship, and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Chapter 6 Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat. And the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priests, and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, Pass on, and compass the city, and let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass, when Joshua had spoken unto the people, that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord, and blew with the trumpets, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priests that blew with the trumpets, and the rearward came after the ark, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout, then shall ye shout. So the ark of the Lord compassed the city, going about it once, and they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord, and seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually, and blew with the trumpets. And the armed men went before them, but the rearward came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going on, and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day they compassed the city once, and returned into the camp. So they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day, and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time, when the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city, and the city shall be accursed, even it, and all that are therein to the Lord 
only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed when ye take of that accursed thing, and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass, when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat. So that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and ass with the edge of the sword. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house, and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath, as ye swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in, and brought out Rahab, and her father, and her mother, and her brethren, and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred, and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire, and all that was therein, only the silver, and the gold, and the vessels of brass and iron, they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive, and her father's household, and all that she had, and she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day, because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. And Joshua adjured them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth this city Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn, and in his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was noised throughout all the country. Chapter 7 But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua, and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. So there went up thither of the people about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate even unto Shebarim, and smote them in the going down. Wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. And Joshua rent his clothes, and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide, he and the elders of Israel, and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Would to God we had been content, and dwelt on the other side Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say, when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites, and all the inhabitants of the land, shall hear of it, and shall environ us round, and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel hath sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them, for they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen, and dissembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. 
neither will I be with you any more, except ye destroy the accursed from among you. Up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies until ye take away the accursed thing from among you. In the morning, therefore, ye shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord taketh shall come according to the families thereof, and the family which the Lord shall take shall come by households, and the household which the Lord shall take shall come man by man. And it shall be that he that is taken with the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire, he and all that he hath, because he hath transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he hath wrought folly in Israel. So in chapter 5 of the book of Joshua, we see that Joshua is now in the land. They've just crossed over the Jordan River and all of the kings of the Amorites, all of the people and the leaders of the land, their hearts are just melting because of the fear of the people, of the anointed of God, the people of Israel, that God is going before them and fighting their battles for them and leading them into victory and destroying their enemies before them. And now the Lord is commanding Joshua, prepare yourselves. You were uncircumcised while you walked through the wilderness. Now circumcise all the men that have grown up in this generation that are still uncircumcised. And so they do this. And this place is called Gilgal unto this day, it says. Wherefore, the name of this place is called Gilgal, because this day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. You have now entered into my Abrahamic covenant. You've now uh, symbolized this in your bodies, the continuance of this covenant between me and between thee of the people of Israel. So uh, Joshua is looking upon Jericho because they're camped nearby there. And he is approaching it and looking at it, and he suddenly sees a man that stood over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And so Joshua goes up to him and asks, Are thou for us or for our adversaries? If you had a, if you saw a man with possibly like a gun in his hand in modern day kind of illustration, uh, you'd probably wonder, Hey, are you my enemy or are you a friendly? Like, maybe not in the uniform of a police officer, so you're wondering who he is. But Joshua goes up to this man and asks, uh, Are you for us or for our adversaries? He says, Nay, but as the captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And so Joshua, recognizing now that this is a captain of the host of the Lord, that this man is at his word, that he is a leader of God. And God himself, he falls down and he worships him. And the man, this captain of the host of the Lord, does not prevent him. And he doesn't say other things that normally angels would say, which this means that this is probably a Christophany or a type of the Lord Jesus Christ or a pre-New uh, Testament revelation and appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because the Lord Jesus Christ, he is timeless and he is not bound by the restrictions of time, he could go whenever he wanted to at any time period and reveal himself to people that were there at that time and lead and guide and direct them. And just like uh, Moses spoke to God face to face, now Joshua, just as he promised, was also speaking to God face to face. And the captain of the Lord so said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot. This is the same thing that Moses was commanded to do when he spoke to God through the burning bush. And so this is also more evidence to show that this was a Christophany or a pre-New uh, pre old, Testament appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to Joshua. Now Jericho, it says they were straightly shut up. All of their 
entrances, all their gates, everything was barred, everything was locked, everything was locked down, and they had guards, and they had people on the walls watching, and they were commanded to uh, take the priests, take seven priests with seven ram's horn, take uh, four priests, one for each corner of the ark, and have the priests with the ram's horns go before the ark of the covenant, and then have some of the people, about half of the people, go armed before the ark of the covenant, and then have the rest of the people go behind the ark of the covenant, so that they would be ready and prepared to uh, defeat any people coming out to fight against them. But they are to follow the Lord's guidance. So God did not give them a direction to go take the city now. No. He wanted this to be God's way. He wanted it to be miraculous. He wanted it to be spread throughout all of the land that the destruction of this city of Jericho was not by the might of the people, not by the might of the children of Israel, but by God's might and by God's deliverance. And so what the, what do they do? They follow God's commandments to march around the city. And the strangest thing is that the priests were to blow with the ram's horns, but Every man was to be silent. Nobody was to even say a word the entire time they were marching. Can you imagine leaving from the camp, getting in your marching order and in your line, marching around the entire city once, maybe taking a mile and walking a mile, and going around this city marching, but being completely silent for the entire time that you're marching, then just coming back and maybe having your family ask you, what happened? Did anything happen? Did they come in and fight you? Or, no, we just, we marched, we marched around the city. Uh, oh, what, did they shout at anything? Did they give you any battle cries? Or, nope, we just, silently, we just marched around the city. And so they do this for six days. Then on the seventh day, they march seven times, every man remaining completely silent until that last seventh time that they make their trip around the city and march around the city. And then they shout at the command of Joshua. They blow the trumpets. They shout the cry, the battle cry of the Lord. And they cry out, they shout, and suddenly the walls, they just crumble and they fall down completely flat. And every man runs up into the city as he was commanded to. And they destroy everything from the city. They destroy every man, woman, and child. They kill every uh, donkey, they kill every cow, they kill every sheep, they kill everything that was alive, and they completely and utterly destroy it as the Lord had commanded them. And we see that the large majority, except for one family, do as the Lord also commanded, which was to take all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron and everything that was consecrated unto the Lord and bring it into the treasury of the Lord. This was the first fruits of the land uh, that of the promised land uh, that they're going into. And so this was claimed by the Lord to test their obedience and to see if they would do, uh, if they would give of the first fruits and willingly. And so that the Lord could bless them with abundantly blessings more than they could ever ask or speak. And we see that the majority did. And uh, they also, they faithfully fulfilled the promise to Rahab the harlot, that they would save all of her family, all of her household alive. So the Lord was with Joshua, and now his fame was spread, noised throughout all of the country, all of the promised land, all of Canaan, now knows that the Lord God, the real God, the living God of Israel, is with Joshua in power and in might and deliverance.
But the children of Israel, chapter 7 says, committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And so they begin a, their next campaign step. They send spies out to CAI. They come back. They tell Joshua that it's a, it's just a small town. We don't need a lot of people. We can just take three, two or 3,000. He sends 3,000, and they flee before AI, and 36 people die. Why? Because the Lord is not with them. He has not delivered the town into their city. What was uh, the first mistake? It was the first mistake was that was Ach- that Achan took from the accursed thing that was uh, claimed by God. And the second thing, they uh, didn't consult with God before they went to take the city. And so Joshua then, they, he and all the elders, they put dust on their heads and they seek the Lord and they try to find out what's wrong and God tells them. And so he, God commands them to order all the tribes uh, the next day. And then the He'll choose the tribe, then he'll choose the family, then he'll choose the heads of the households, then he'll choose the household, then he'll choose the man and declare him before the children of Israel. And that whichever man that the Lord shows that he has transgressed and he has took of the accursed thing, then he would be stoned to death and burnt in him and all of his house with fire to put out evil from among the children of Israel and put out rebellion and transgression against God from the children of Israel. And that's where we're going to pick up that story tomorrow. Now we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 13. We're going to read the first verse. And it says, A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. And so it says, A wise son, somebody that is going to be wise. He's going to listen to instruction. Somebody who's going to be prudent. Somebody who's going to learn and gain experience from other people and their instruction. He shall listen his and heareth his father's instruction. But a scorner heareth not rebuke. A scorner, somebody who just mocks at sin, mocks at the instruction of others, mocks at their experiences, and proudly basically just declares that, oh, you just failed because you were no good. I'm going to do a whole lot better. He will not even hear a rebuke. He won't listen to the instruction. And so we should be like the wise son. We should hear our parents. We should hear our wise, godly, biblical counselors. We should listen and hearken unto them attentively. Now we're going to turn to the book of Luke. We're going to read chapter 15 today. And it says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners, and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either, what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle, and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it? And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. 
And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the, his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I am no more worthy to be called thy son, make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found. And they began to be merry. And now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants, and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out, and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I may make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. So now in chapter 15, the Lord Jesus Christ is approached and he has a multitudes before him of, uh, of publicans, of sinners, of Pharisees, of scribes, of all kinds of people. And he speaks three parables unto them in this chapter. And the first is a parable of the sheep and of a shepherd, a, of a good shepherd, who when he has a hundred sheep, one wanders away from the rest of the herd and he sees that it's gone and he leaves the 99, goes in and finds it, puts it on his shoulders, carries it with him and brings it back. And then not only brings it back into the herd, but he goes with his friends and rejoices with his friends that he has found this lost sheep. This is a, a parable that illustrates how Jesus Christ comes and he searches for us. He finds us and he calls us. And when we answer to him when we are saved, then he does all of the work. He has paid for our sins already. He has uh, shed his blood for our sins so that if we, uh, if we repent and we turn to him and ask him to save us, his shed blood covers all of us and makes us white as snow. And our filthiness is, and our sinfulness is put on him, but his righteousness and his perfection is placed upon us and our soul to save us. And Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth light a candle and sweep the house. And so if a woman loses one of ten percent of what she has uh, of uh, coins and of silver, she's going to 
uh, empty everything. She's going to empty all the drawers. She's going to clean everything. She's going to search until she finds that. She's going to bring light in and use that to find it. And just like these earthly illustrations and parables uh, are used, Jesus is explaining that there is great joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, over one person that comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. There is so much great joy in heaven. The angels begin to celebrate. And then he gives the illustration of the parable of a certain man with two sons. And the younger son, he says unto his father, give, uh, give me of my substance and of the living. So the father divides his living. And this doesn't make common sense because if he would have left this until uh, late, much later in life, it would have grown to be much bigger and much more for all of his family. But now that he asks for this now, he takes it uh, as it's in its current state, which is a much smaller portion. And he takes that and he takes everything and he takes it into a faraway country and land. And instead of uh, being a wise steward of it and diligently looking to it and taking care of it and trying to grow it. He wastes it all. He sells everything. He uses it, uh, as the older brother says, on harlots and on drunkenness and with riotous living and devours all of the living that he has. And so he's left poor and desperate and desolate. And so he hires himself out to a citizen of that country to feed the swine and feed unclean animals, doing something that would have been repugnant to him back in his homeland, in his home country, but now just to, he has to do just to survive, and he would have wanted to eat just the, the rinds or the husks or the things that or the swine are feeding on. Have you ever seen what swine feed on? It's not, it's not good. It's not healthy. It's gross. It's disgusting. And he's so hungry that this looks uh, appetizing to him. And so he says, what, what am I doing? I've destroyed my life. He came to himself, it says. He realizes what his state was. We as sinners, we need to realize what our state is, especially if we are apart from Christ. We need to realize that we cannot save ourselves. Even our best days are just as filthy rags in terms of our righteousness. There's nothing that can compare at all to the righteousness of God that could possibly earn our way to heaven. So he came to himself. He said, how many of the hired servants of my father have bread and bread plenty to eat, and yet I perish with hunger. I'll go back. I'll humble myself before my father. And so he does, and he returns, and he humbles himself before his father. But the father, he doesn't even hear the son. He doesn't even uh, look at that. He sees that he has repented. He sees that he has come home, and he rejoices with great celebration. And look what else he does. He puts a ring on his finger. He puts a good robe on him. And so he clothes him. He brings him back into a restoration. He puts a ring on his finger that is the symbol of the family, that gives him the rights not only of power to go and deal with the market uh, place in the name of the family, but also he gives them the ring that then also bears the, the signet that he has rights to the inheritance as well. Again, he puts shoes on his feet. Servants did not wear shoes. He was rejecting his request to be a servant and putting him back into full fellowship as his son and as his heir. And this is an amazing story of how, this is an amazing parable, how God loves us so much that he makes us not just people that have eternal life now, but heirs with him.
We have inherited that internal life by God's gracious free gift. He also will now place us in mansions that he's preparing for us. And he will return for us because we are now his family. We also see in this parable that they kill the fatted calf. They make ready to prepare, to feast, to dance, to celebrate that this son that was lost is now found and was dead is alive. He's alive just as we're celebrating Easter and that the Lord Jesus Christ is alive. He is alive. It, and uh, just as he was perceived as dead before, he is alive. He is risen. He is back. And he is come to celebrate. That is when we join with Jesus Christ, where there will be great celebration in heaven. Uh, just as there is great celebration in heaven for every sinner that repenteth and comes to salvation. We also see that the older son, he was angry that the father would restore the younger son so much that he would do all of this, have this much grace. And we see that the father explains that he was dead, but he's alive. We can rejoice now. He also says to the older son, all that I have is thine. Everything here, all that is thine. And don't just be angry at us for celebrating that your brother has come back and is alive. And it's a, a right time to celebrate if you want to celebrate with your friends, what I have is thine. You can. But we don't have to be jealous over your brother who is now in a place that he's safe, he's secure, he's home, and we can, and it is right to celebrate because of that. Now, friends, let's realize that the Lord Jesus Christ, he loves you so much, he loves me so much, he loves every single person in this world so much that he wants them to come just as this son came to his father, he wants us to come. He wants us to come to ourselves, realize that we are sinners in need of repentance and in need of a mighty Savior that can cleanse and wash away all of that sin. And Jesus Christ is that father. He is that Lord that washes away all of our sins when we trust in him as our personal Lord and Savior. Let's trust him today. Let's follow him today. Let's be like a wise and profitable son today and help others to grow in their walk with the Lord. Friend, I hope this has been a blessing to you. It definitely has been to me, just studying the Word of God through this year. And thank you once again for listening. If you have any praises or prayer requests, please send them to me at wwgcaleb at gmail.com. That's wwgcaleb at gmail.com. And I'll be praying with you for those. Thanks once again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow for the next Walk with God podcast.